The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. And today we are very pleased to be joined by Nick Ferguson, a former 10-year NFL safety, spent 2003 to 2007 with the Denver Broncos, now host of Nick and Cecil at the Fan in Denver. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network for a behind an enemy lines type of look, Nick. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I actually did some homework heading into this interview. And I just want to let you know, you had a six and four record against the Chiefs in the regular season, a 10 game <laughs> stretch that included 36 tackles and a forced fumble. I wanted to ask you what you remember about those days playing the Chiefs and specifically playing in Arrowhead Stadium. Well, one, Arrowhead was a very difficult place to play just as the NFL stadium. But for as a member of the Denver Broncos, for some reason, it was always tough for us uh, playing in, in that venue. And it just seemed as though that stadium, I mean, I know it sits upright, but it's like a, a, a deep dish pizza It is. It's almost like a U-shaped yes. bowl type of thing. Yeah, it is. And the sound, see, that that's the thing. The sound is trapped in that bowl, and it gets to a point where it gets loud. I know we hear people talk about Seattle, and Seattle is definitely – Lot. I've been there as a coach for the 49ers and it's deafening. But if you were to look at the number two stadium, I would say it's Kansas City, especially once you get into the back half of the schedule and you look in December, those numbers outside, they get so hard. And I, re- I remember falling on those numbers and hurting <laughs> my knee almost like a bursa sack. And I, I, I've always hated that about Kansas City, but I love the fans because they really get into the game atmosphere. They're booing, they're cheering. It is so loud. I mean, there were one time I was trying to talk to Champ Bailey and he was more than, he was only maybe three feet away from me, but he couldn't hear me. But that's <laughs> the thing that makes the, the football atmosphere, you know, in Kansas City and Arrowhead Stadium, um, you know, so, so perfect. So uh, I, I love playing there. A lot of kind of uh, great games, a lot of battles, between myself and Tony Gonzalez, but uh, I love playing the Chiefs. Yeah, no doubt. I I think fans have a a bit of mutual respect. You can tell there's a little bit of hate between Denver and Kansas City fans, but I think there's 
uh, mutual respect for just the enthusiasm of both franchise and, and Arrowhead Stadium had 22% capacity last year. Now you get 100% back, we think, if everything goes to plan. So that environment should be rocking. I want to get into the Denver Broncos because you are a current expert on this. You do radio in Denver. You have a pulse of the fan base. I think the biggest story heading into the season when it comes to Denver is, of course, the quarterback situation where you have Drew Locke, the returner. Teddy Bridgewater enters the mix. Aaron Rodgers, still a question mark. We don't know if that could come into play late here. What do you make of the quarterback situation entering the 2021 season? Well, first and foremost, everyone is uh, definitely excited about the Aaron Rodgers talk. Whether it would come to fruition or not, we, we don't really know. Right. So we only have to deal with the quarterbacks that we have in Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. So there's this idea that there's going to be this quarterback competition, somewhat of 50-50 reps. But I know this as a player and as a coach in the NFL, nothing is ever 50-50. There's always one guy that seems to have somewhat of a head start over the other guy. And, and looking at Drew Locke, who, you know, he's a Kansas City, you know, guy, went to Missouri. You know, he hasn't really played that well. Now, playing against the Chiefs, I think it was last year in yeah. uh, Arrowhead gave the fans somewhat of an idea like, hey, maybe Drew Locke might be the guy because the score wasn't, you know, one of those large lopsided, you know, uh, losses for the Broncos. The game was somewhat close. And for me, I try to tell our fans, hey, listen, I, I like what Drew Locke brings to the table as far as his arm. But there's a lot of things that he's still inconsistent about. And don't look at that Chiefs game and saying, okay, well, we, we are that much closer to the Chiefs with Drew Locke. Because what I saw was a lot of mistakes in that game by the Chiefs. There was one touchdown that Tyreek Hill caught, but no one knew it was a touchdown. They didn't challenge it. It was unreal. I, I think we all go back to that moment and we're like, how can we as fans see this? But I think the problem in that situation was Tyree Kill didn't even realize he caught that football. No, he, he didn't because it just kind of fell off of AJ Boyer's yeah. back. And he just thought, okay, well, maybe it was an incomplete pass. <laughs> maybe it touched the ground. But he didn't know until he looked up at the Jumbotron and realized that was an actual reception. But in that game, I just saw a lot of issues that the Kansas City Chiefs offense was having, but it wasn't like Drew Locke was that impressive to give me an idea that one, he should win the starting job or the Broncos are really close from that quarterback position if he's a starter. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, I go back last year, there was a game, I can't remember which week it was, I don't know if it was week four, week eight, but the Chiefs and the Carolina Panthers faced off and the Chiefs won that game maybe 32-30. And in that game, to me, it was a real close game and it just showed me the tangibles that Teddy Bridgewater brings to the table. And most people here, and I try to tell my other radio cohorts that, hey, listen, when we look at Teddy Bridgewater, most of you guys look at him and say, well, he just kind of a, a check down Charlie. But I say, well, I want a guy who's going to make quality decisions. When I look at the quarterback that you guys had a couple of years ago in Alex Smith, right. everyone said that he was a game manager. And at first, I, I, I used to not like that term game manager, but I love it now because what that tells me is that guy is going to do everything right. He's not going to try to play outside of himself. And this is where Drew Locke has an issue because when he faces off against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, he feels as though, hey, I'm a Kansas City guy, went to Missouri, so I have to showcase my arm. And what happens with not just Drew, but a quarterback I played with and Jay Cutler, that arm talent that everyone's talked about, it gets them in trouble because 
They try yeah. to force balls into tight situations. And I'm like, dude, you are not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has learned the art of improvisation. Right. You have yet to learn how to do that. So play within of yourself. And he still hasn't done that. But I like Teddy Bridgewater to win this quarterback position. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, because I think even in the games against the Chiefs, there have been these Drew Locke flashes, but Locke mm. sometimes makes mistakes and and could cost the Broncos a game where you don't really think that Bridgewater is going to necessarily lose you a game. So it'll be interesting to watch from afar how the Broncos go when it comes to that decision. I want to cast a wide net for you here. When you look at this offseason for the Denver Broncos, who is your p- opinion for the greatest offseason addition and maybe the greatest offseason loss for the 2021 season? Well, as far as the addition, it's kind of sort of like not one individual player, yeah. but it's a collective. And I look at the Broncos secondary, adding uh, Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, and then drafting Patrick Sutan, you know, with the first pick in the draft, because the, the game in the NFL has changed since I played. Now you have guys who are called tight ends, but they're just big wide receivers. And when you look at a lot of teams in Kansas City being one of those teams, when they roll out their base package, their base package is 11 personnel. That's three wide receivers. And I'll throw Travis Kelsey in there as well. And right. then when you look at the, how they use the running backs, they, they use their running backs, not just to hand it off to them, but also in pass coverage. So you have to have enough guys to be able to keep pace with the, the, the likes of Kansas City and some of these other teams. And knowing as though, we, we don't have 16 games anymore. We now have 17 games, and it's hard to keep any player healthy for 16, let right. alone 17. So you need to have a multitude of different guys and then having so many DBs. This is me thinking from a defensive <laughs> perspective. Now you may be able to do certain things with your defense if you're Vic Fangio to try to match up, and that's what it is. There, there are no guarantees, but yeah, at least if you have the personnel – to roll out there, then you at least say, well, you know what? We have a fighting chance. Yeah, you had mentioned Sertan, and it was an extensive draft for the Denver Broncos. A lot of picks in this draft. Past Sertan, you have Williams, Mernes, Browning, Stearns, the list goes on and on. Any draft picks stand out to you that may make an impact that maybe we're not talking about enough in some other cities? Well, you know what? I mean, from a defensive side of the ball, obviously you have to start Devin Patrick Sertan. Right. Looking at his, his size, where he was, where he played his collegiate ball, how well he was coached. His father played in the league. So, you know, he understands ball and he has a high football IQ. The only thing with him is just the fact that now you're making that adjustment from the collegiate level to the NFL level. You do have the talent. We all see that. But getting the product on the field against other elite NFL talent, that's where the learning curve has to come in. You're going to get beat in this league. And, you know, I always tell young guys when they come in, if you're going to get beat and the guy's going to run past you or run by you, if that hasn't happened to you, you hadn't played long enough in the NFL. So it's just like seeing how he adjusts to the, the game speed, to, to seeing certain players, a guy like a Tyreek Hill. What is that like for him? Because you know he's going to make a great catch. Can you rebound and come away from that? Another guy, I go to the offensive side of the ball, Javante Williams. I mean, when you look at uh, the running back position, so many people have devalued that position. But in Kansas City, you know guys know the value of that. 
Yep. I mean, you had Clyde Edwards Lear, and then I mean, you you guys have had you know some other running backs as well. And it's all about being able to not just pound the ball between the tackles, but can my running back catch the ball out of the backfield? Can they pick up a blitzing linebacker? And this is where Javante Williams actually comes in. I like it the way that he has played so far, you know, in the summer camp. I like the way that he ran the ball at North Carolina, that the, the art of punishing tacklers to wear them down. And that's what you need in today's NFL. But it also goes back to durability. So those are the two young players that uh, I'm looking to see how they adjust to the NFL. But I'm looking to see both of those guys make some great plays for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I have a couple more questions down, but this one just popped in because we had talked about off-season additions, and I just mentioned the draft class, which are obvious additions. Everything feeling clean for Von Miller to have a comeback where his health is not going to be concerned? Do you expect Miller to pick up where he left off? Yeah, I, I definitely do. But when it comes to health, that, that's the, the biggest uncertainty in yeah. the NFL. We would like to say that, hey, every guy is going to be healthy. You guys, of course, know, you know, from, you know, the Super Bowl that, you know, you guys had two tackles out. So that's something that you can't really ruin the Super Bowl for everybody, not just Chiefs fans. That was the worst Super Bowl in recent memory. (laughs) Well, yeah. And, and, but, but this is the part of it. And this is how I try to explain, you know, normally it's not just the best team that makes it to the Super Bowl and win. It's the team that's the healthiest. So you guys experienced what that was like to have, you know, your, your, your tackles out. So for Vaughn, it's about being healthy. Can I sit here right now and guarantee that he's going to be healthy? No, I wish I could. But the idea is that if he is healthy, then we know exactly what he brings to the table. And in today's NFL, you need two bookend pass rushes. And we, we, we've seen in years past where Vaughn has been healthy, Bradley Chubb hasn't, and Vaughn's numbers have been down. And the same can be said for Bradley Chubb. And as Broncos fans, I mean, we only saw these two players play the first year when Bradley Chubb came in in, 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 as a rookie. And I mean, he had, you know, 10 plus sacks. So if we're able somehow, fingers crossed, knock on wood, we can keep both of these guys healthy. It definitely gives uh, our team a chance, especially in the division against your Kansas City Chiefs. Talking injuries to Cortland Sutton on the other side, back into the fold. You can tell that there's a mutual respect between him and, and Tyron Matthew. Excited to, to watch that battle again. What's your greatest concern entering the 2021 season for the Denver Broncos? Well, you know, my biggest concern is inconsistency. Yeah. Any team can be plagued by inconsistency and it can just kind of derail the, the, the season. And injuries are definitely a part of that, but it's inconsistency. Can, can you? be perfect in week one and carry that through for 17 weeks. And we know being, you know, human beings, you know, sometimes people become complacent. They rest on their laurels, start listening to the press clippings and all Mm -hmm. that. Hey, that a boy patting on the back. It's like, (laughs) no, don't, don't, don't do that to yourself. The idea is that we're a team that we've missed the playoffs for four consecutive years. We've watched the Kansas City Chiefs make it not to one, but two Super Bowls. So we were used to being in that national conversation and now we're not. So the idea is for each guy on the roster to now look at themselves and say, well, how can I be better moving into the season? Because we're con- competing and we're chasing Kansas City. So that's a team that now every team in the NFL is now building their roster to beat. And right. you guys have done a great job this offseason and kind of trying to, you know, rebuild and retool your offensive line. 
So the guys here, they have to be ready to go, and they just have to say, you know what? We have to take it one play at a time. And even those injured players, you know, the idea is testing that injury. You mentioned Cortland Sutton. I don't expect him to come out of the gate strong, but I expect for him to get stronger as the season goes on. So for him and other guys like him, hey, man, let's go out there and just try to focus on winning one game, one play at a time, and then we'll worry about the rest later on. NFL fans across the, the league wouldn't necessarily realize this, but it's been an interesting stretch for the Broncos Chiefs rivalry where you had Peyton Manning and the Broncos beating the Chiefs seemed like every single game. And now it is completely flipped where the Chiefs have this long streak against the Denver Broncos as far as wins. We know the Broncos know about it because Von Miller is not afraid to talk about it at the, the press conferences. Do you think this version of the Denver Broncos is ready to maybe take one of the two games against the Chiefs? Absolutely. Because once again, I look at how this game is being played and there's an old saying and you've heard it. It's defense wins championships. And it's true. Like, like the regular season is for the offense to pad their stats. But when you're talking about making that, that going down that journey, that road to get to a Super Bowl and win, it starts with being able to stop your opponent from scoring. So looking at what the Broncos did in the draft, uh, they didn't really do too much that from, you know, linebacker standpoint, you know, in, in the draft or free agency, but just looking at the secondary, the idea of yeah. having a healthy Bradley Chubb, Von Miller back, it gives you, you know, hope and optimism that you can at least take one game away from the Chiefs. You would like to take two. That would be right. fantastic. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But being realistic, you look to at least, you know, take one of those games. All right. Last question here. And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but way too early season prediction for the Denver Broncos. And, and it's weird as NFL people to talk about how you have to curb the record into 17 games now, like nine and eight does not make a lot of sense, but that's possible. Now, where do you think the Broncos are when the season is all said and done? Well, you know what? Uh, once again, it all, it all depends on certain things going the right way. And for me, who becomes a starting quarterback, but, I can easily see this being a team with uh, 10, 11, 12 wins. They definitely have the capability because they have structurally put together a great defense. If they're able to build this, that chemistry in training camp and take it into the 17 game season, they should do well because pass coverage and the pass rush actually go hand in hand. Yep. If you can't get after the quarterback, it's going to be tough on your guys in the back end and for the past four years, we've seen what that's looked like. But if they can put it together on the defensive side of the ball, stay healthy, and let's just say there's no Aaron Rodgers, there's Teddy Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. He's proven in this league that he can win, looking at what he did with Minnesota, what he did with the Saints. So for me, I'm very optimistic. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, if it's Drew Locke, then I'm like, well, that number actually goes down. But if it's Aaron Rodgers, that number goes up astronomically. <laughs> and I know the people in Chiefs Kingdom would not like that. They, no. they, I know they have thumbs down to that, but I hope it happens. <laughs> I think as NFL fans and followers and reporters, 
two two weeks a year getting Mahomes Rogers. I mean, that would be more of a treat for the rest of the league, I think, than the individual fan bases. But wow, I mean, to have that marquee matchup for the next three or four years, I think would be something. That is the voice of 10-year NFL veteran Nick Ferguson played the five years for the Denver Broncos. Does Nick and Cecil in Denver on the fan. When it's Chiefs Broncos week, where can Chiefs fans find your stuff, Nick? Well, you can find me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. And yes, we will be tweeting right back at everyone <laughs> from the Chiefs Kingdom. Yes, of course. For Nick Ferguson, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride interview series.